Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Horror 4H. I'm your guide into the craptastical world of horribly horrific horror, Brent. I know, I'm disappointed my name isn't more ominous too. But on the bright side, I can guarantee that this is the best podcast you'll ever listen to that riffs on bad horror. And that's hosted by a guy named Brent. Note that this is not a money-back guarantee, mostly because you haven't given me any money. Unless you're Brian. In which case, thank you so much for the donation! Once I actually figure out how to navigate Patreon correctly, and extract those funds into a bank, and then use that bank to pay SoundCloud, I'll be upgrading the uh, SoundCloud account so that you can all enjoy past episodes whenever you want. So you should also all say thank you to him. Go on. Say it. Okay, good. Thank you. So... Social media time. I'm sure most of you listening know the drill by now, but for those of you who don't, you either haven't been paying attention, or are new. Or you were just like, I don't know, really high when you listened, so you don't remember, which, you know, that's cool. I gotta imagine listening to me high is actually pretty funny. Hopefully listening to me sober is pretty funny too, though. I mean, that's kind of the whole point, is to be funny. Okay, first off, Twitter feed, Horror4H on there, and same for the Facebook group, which I actually finally did correctly. So just search on Twitter or Facebook, or be one of the cool kids and be on both for the latest in Horror4H news. Usually this means me letting you know the progress on each episode, and of course, the daily hints, so you can try to figure out what the movie of the week is. As of me writing this intro and recording it, no one has correctly guessed this week's movie. I thought I made the hints pretty obvious, but it's hard to judge that when I already know the answer. Also, I just kind of enjoy the wrong answers. It's fun. So, what other social media stuff is there? All right, right, right. Of course, you can always email me at horror4h at gmail.com. And just because one person helped shoulder the burden of the upgraded account doesn't mean you all shouldn't chip in as well. So head on over to Patreon page and pledge whatever you feel I'm worth. And if you pledge nothing, that's cool. I'm actually kind of with you on that one. So, uh, you know, you listening is more than enough support, and I am eternally grateful for that. But if you want to do more, donating is a great way to show it. But just as importantly, in fact, hell, probably more importantly, is spreading the word. Know someone who loves bad horror? Send them my way. Know someone who hates bad horror? Send them my way, and maybe they'll love that I, you know, riff on it and make fun of it. Know someone who's indifferent to bad horror? Send them my way so we can love or hate it, you know? Right? All right, so enough of that. Time for the real reason you're here. Me going insane for the better part of an hour over how bad a movie is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy bad horror through someone else's eyes. Trademarked. Can I... Can I just say the word trademarked, and then that means the phrase is trademarked? I'm... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to get my legal department on that. Google! Wikipedia! You guys are working on Christmas this year! Slugs, the movie, 1988. First off, I don't normally riff on the title alone, but this deserves special mention. So I'm glad they put the movie in the title of the movie, or I'd have thought it was, you know, I was settling in to watch Slugs, the interpretive dance. And please, for the love of God, someone make a video of you doing an interpretive dance of Slugs, the movie. I will pay you attention for that. So we open to some bubbling on a body of water. Probably nothing, right? You know, couples fishing. Well, one of the couple is fishing. The other's complaining that the guy said they were going to go fishing, and now they're actually fishing. Okay. She wants to go swimming, but he says it's too cold, which makes perfect sense, because that's why he's dangling his feet in the water. I don't know about you, but I always put my feet in the water whenever it's too cold to be in the water. Right. Besides, we passed a sewer pipe earlier, implying that they dumped sewage into the lake. So why the fuck are you trying to catch fish from it? Like... She, she basically just says, fuck it, and decides she's going to swim anyways, but not before he feels something on his feet, and it pulls him in! She's convinced he's just fucking with her, even after, like, a minute and a half go by, so, like, this guy is dedicated to the gag, apparently. I don't know, I'm just waiting for the blood to start... Oh, there it is, there's the blood, okay. And she screams, and title sequence, where the word slugs gets written across the screen like an actual slug trail, and I actually really like that. It's, uh, it's cute. I like it. The, sh- the music is sharp violins poignantly pierced by screams and horns. And it actually would be slightly menacing if it weren't for the fact that I know the antagonist of the movie is a bunch of slugs. Based on the novel Slugs by Sean Hudson. Holy shit, there's a book. And it came first. Alright, two things. One, I have to read this book. Someone buy it for me, please. I will read it and I will review it. And two... Please, dear sweet God, let there be a Slugs the Movie, the novelization, because that would just make my year. Oh my God. All right. 
So some kids in a car almost run over some dude walking on the road who promptly calls over a dog to commiserate with, and I swear to Christ, if they have the slugs eat this dog, I'm going to murder somebody. Kids, I, I hate when they do that. Okay, dude is a drunkard, so he was drunk. That's why he was walking on the road. All right, we're, we're, we're figuring this out here. And the dog is freaking the fuck out as they approach uh, what looks to be an abandoned house. Dude is all pissed at the dog who refuses to go in. Gee, I wonder why. Dogs, dogs can smell slugs, right? Yeah, dogs can smell slugs. Okay. Oh, and it's actually, it's not an abandoned house. It's his house. And he's got eviction notices that he's reading through. So I'm almost right. It's going to be abandoned. Probably sooner rather than later. You know, considering there are probably going to be slugs in there. They ain't eat this guy. And then they're going to be drunk as hell. Drunk slug party! Woo! Drunk slugs. So, holy but Jesus, they just showed the slugs, and these things are, like, several inches long and black and, like, spiky and vicious looking. Like, I mean, I don't think they could eat someone, but suddenly I'm, I'm less upset that they're the bad guys of the film. Like, I think they're up for the challenge. I'm sorry I slug-shamed you guys, you know? All right, my apology. So, Drunky takes a bite out of a pizza on the counter and decides it's not very good and throws it. Not in the trash. Were you, were you thinking I was going to say trash? That's because you're a rational human being. He opens the door to the basement and chucks the pizza in there. Which is why, you know, he's about to be eaten by slugs. Because he just fucking ruined pizza. Yet again, folks. Pizza. Pizza. So he's staggering from room to room and found some more booze and lays down on a couch and the scene cuts away as we hear him scream in pain. Whether that was from the slugs on the couch eating him, or from the alcohol-induced hallucinations that he's suffering from, we'll never know until later when they find his corpse or something, which I'm sure is going to happen soon. So, cut to a fancy dining room where we meet Maureen, who's also drunk, but it's okay because she's, you know, high class and isn't walking down the middle of the road. Her husband is obviously embarrassed, and he should be, because he's wearing a bright yellow tie with red polka dots on it, with a gray suit. Like, just seriously, dude. No wonder your wife is drinking so much. She's trying to blind herself so she doesn't have to see horrendous fashion choices. I write wearing khaki cargo pants and a Star Wars t-shirt. I'm classy as fuck, people. Hubby doesn't want to dance, and neither does Mike from the other couple that is, you know, sitting down with, with Maureen and whoever. Maureen says the town's the armpit of America, which I think is insulting to the actual armpit of America. Insert your least favorite town here. Am I right, folks? Yeah, okay. After slurring through her line, the couple with Mike in it decide to leave because uh, they gotta be uh, burly. Yeah, that's why. Nothing to do with someone being super drunk. And, oh god, it's another couple, Don and his wife, Maria, and Mike's wife is named Kim, and god, there are so many names to remember already, and chances are, like, half these people are gonna end up as slug food. Yeah, Maureen probably gets eaten by slugs, and you know what, so does her hubby, I'm betting. Mike seems to be the protagonist, so he likely lives, and I'm betting his wife survives too. Uh, it's too early to tell about Don and Maria, though. Uh, wait, nope. Don is the county sanitation supervisor and said that just means he crawls around in the sewers, you know, where slugs live. So Don's gonna die, people. Don't get too attached to Don. Maria says, you don't look like the wicked bitch of the North. I can't actually do, like, the terrible accent she's doing, but you don't look like... I can't, I can't even fucking... It's not even Russian. It's some weird Eastern Europe. It doesn't matter. She says, you don't look like the wicked bitch of the North. And it's funny because Kim is a local teacher, apparently, and that's what the kids call her. <laughs> yeah, you should probably tell your kids not to call their teacher that, Maria. Solid parenting. Back at home, Kim asks a loaded question. Do you think Marine is attractive? Why the fuck would you ask that? That's so... Why? 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 Mike definitely answers, though. She drinks too much. Because, you know, she does. And, I mean, you know, let's face it. I've known Marine all of two minutes so far, and she definitely drinks too much. They have some witty banter about teacher and homework and role-playing before they fall into bed with each other's arms, kissing passionately while the camera slowly pans towards the window where there's a slug on it! Come on, this is a horror movie about slugs. Did you forget that? Because I, I briefly did. I thought it was a horror movie about white suburbia. So, and it is, but with slugs. Bright and early the next day at the sheriff's office, Mike pulls up and interrupts a deputy's phone call with his wife about how he can't come home to kill a few snails, slugs, whatever. He'll see her tonight. Or will he? Dun, dun, dun. Mike Brady is late, much to the chagrin of the sheriff, who's pissy about the two-minute lateness. Wow, the sheriff must be punctual as fuck to get mad about that. So they gotta go evict a drunk. 
Hmm. Bet it's the drunk we met earlier. Yep. Mike lights up a cigarette in the car. Sheriff tells him not to muck up his lungs, so Mike throws the cigarette out the window, and the sheriff makes a crack about not finding him for littering, when I think the bigger concern should have been that he threw a lit fucking cigarette out the window. Fuck littering, dude! He could have started a fire! It's cool, though. It's cool. Mike gets back at him by telling him that they found rat shit in the candy the sheriff's eating, who, you know, he then hilariously spits the candy out the window, so then Mike can go, you know, ah, littering sheriff, that's a fine, and there's count full circle. <laughs> These two really hate each other, don't they? It's fine, though. I hate them both, too. As they proceed to the house, music playing makes it sound like a police procedural or recruitment video. Legit, I expected a voiceover to start talking about the hardworking men and women of the county's police force, and how with just a bit of hard work, you can be one too. Dun, 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 dun. I know that's chips, but whatever. So, no one's answering at Drunkie's place, which is ludicrous because the slugs should be home this early. They find an open window and start to poke around, only to find a bloody skeleton with worms on it. Wait, wait, what? Worms? Why worms? There were slugs in the house that ate him, not worms. And he was like on a couch in the middle of a room. Where did the worms come from? Did the slugs frame the worms? Holy shit, these bastards are devious. Framing another innocent species of invertebrates just because they can? Oh, the humanity of it all. Then again, I am reminded of the movie Squirm, so I guess worms aren't always innocent. By the way, Squirm? One of my favorite Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes ever. Check it out sometime. It's fantastic. Oh, thank God, the dog's actually still up front and totally unharmed. Woo! Mike Brady's gonna go back in the house to check it out because, um, you know, I'm, I'm still not actually sure why he's even there. He's not a cop. What does he even do? Other than notice slug trails in the kitchen that lead to the basement, where the pizza is. He must be a pizza finder. Is that a real job? Can I have that job? I, I want that job. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Uh, looks like Drunky was using the basement as a trash dump. There is just, like... Feet of trash piled in the basement. Okay, whatever. Then, well, Sheriff, what do you think? Sheriff says, I don't know, wild dogs maybe? Raccoons driven out of the hills by the cold? <laughs> Brady doesn't buy that because it, it would have done more damage to the inside of the house. Yes, that's why the wild dogs are raccoons driven from the hills by the cold don't make sense. That's why they would have done more damage to the house. I don't know exactly where this town is, but they obviously have the best pot ever there. Yeah. Okay, so we find out Mike is uh, the health inspector. There we go. Who thinks maybe it's rats, but he's not sure. All right. Back at the health inspector office, some crazy ladies called numerous times about the sewers backing up, but she won't call the sanitation department. Gee, thanks, Don. Way to work. So he goes out to her place to take a look at whatever the problem is. Oh, hey, it's actually, it's Don there. Okay. Uh, he's surprised to see Mike there. Okay, apparently she called both of them. The lady's pissed about a bad smell and is very, very vocal about it. And suddenly, I know who I'm rooting for to get eaten by slugs next. Go slugs! So we cut to the school now with Kim talking with other teachers who have somehow already heard about Drunkie not having skin or eyes or whatever. All right, and back to Don heading down in the sewers with basically a hazmat suit on. Not that I blame him, though. You know, I probably wouldn't go down into the sewers without one of those, too. Whatever. Mean Lady gives Mike shit for not going down there, even though it's, like, not really his job. Like, at all. Whatever. Don starts digging through a backed-up pipe, like, reaching full-on, like, shoulder length into it, just pulling out a bunch of, uh, shit, I guess. It is a sewer. I don't know. Maybe a giant dead animal or something? I don't maybe a slug it's actually really hard to tell like honestly i'm i'm not sure so he's but he's, he's digging into this pipe now with a giant metal hook or something and something grabs the hook and pulls it into the pipe and he just kind of does a okay i'm gonna back away slowly and run out because that doesn't warrant any further investigation at all none whatsoever cut back to the classroom with kim teaching about romeo and juliet and one of her students calling her the wicked bitch for assigning them to read act three and letting them know ahead of time they're gonna have a quiz right what a fucking bitch making them read in an english class gosh ugh. said student then dashes out after the bell to throw herself in the arms of a near shirtless dude on a muscle car wonder who's gonna die probably not them they make out about as sloppily as possible. And I mean, like, if you take peanut butter and smear it all over your face and call a dog over to you, it would be less slobbery than these two making out. And Mike is watching. That's not super creepy at all, Mike. You just sit there in your car and watch high schoolers make out. Totally cool. Not weird at all, dude. 
Okay. Oh, God, it's his wife. Quick, everybody, act natural. Local restaurant with the kids showing up for lunch. They're talking about drunky. Like, wait, he got found at, like, we're going to say 8 or 9 in the morning, okay? And it's noon now. And literally everybody knows everything about this. And this is before cell phones and the internet. Like, really? How the fuck do they know all this? Do they do they have a town crier running around? Hear ye, hear ye. All should know in the township proper that drunkard Ron Bell was eaten last night by some as of yet unnamed monstrosity. He was missing his organs, skin, and eyes. Be warned, lest ye be next. And according to one of the kids, it was totally the goat killer. Not goat sucker, mind you. Goat killer. Chupacabra hadn't actually been invented yet, so people only killed goats, not sucked them. Seriously, though, Chupacabra didn't exist until the mid-90s. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Chupacabra only exists because of the sci-fi horror movie Species. Go, look it up. Go on Wikipedia, Google, whatever. Anyway, apparently the goat killer is a guy who comes down from the hills at night and kills people and then eats them. So why the fuck do they call him the goat killer if he kills and eats people? No fucking clue. You know what? I bet we don't ever find out. There are going to be so many mysteries in these movies that we never get answered. It's wonderful. But we're also introduced to the plot point of a Halloween party tomorrow night, which I'm sure won't result in the death of several half-to-totally-naked teenagers. Nice little greenhouse with a nice little old man doing some gardening. This likely won't end up in death at all. His wife comes in and demands to know what's on her plant. He tells her slug's eggs. Oh shit, maybe I spoke too soon about the death. She says she doesn't care what they are, she just wants them gone, even though she literally just asked him what they were. If you didn't care, why did you ask? That's stupid. She demands that he takes care of all the plants on the porch right now. And oh, hey, we're back to Marie now. She's gone shopping for not booze. She tosses some lettuce in the sink and then grabs booze out of a cabinet and starts drinking. Well, that didn't last long. Oh, no, the lettuce is moving. Slugs? Demons? Ghosts? Demon slugs? Ghosts of demon slugs? Demon slug ghosts? These are all great movie titles, by the way. She curls up on the couch with a bottle of booze and ignores the possible demon ghost slugs in the kitchen and back to the greenhouse where the slug eggs have hatched and the slugs are crawling inside the old man's gloves because why the fuck wouldn't they? He puts on the gloves and one, two, three, four, five, six seconds before they start biting him. Also notice they're biting him. He didn't put his hands into gloves and go, oh, that's weird, there's something slimy in these gloves. I should probably figure this out before picking things up and going about my business. Nope, didn't notice that at all. Just started doing shit without realizing it, just right away. Which I'm calling bullshit on because at least twice a day, my hair touches my arm and I freak the fuck out because I think, I think it might be a spider crawling on me. But this guy shoves his entire hand into a glove of flesh-eating slugs and it takes them biting him before he notices. Nah, not buying that at all. And he can't pull the gloves off now because of no good reason. So he starts bashing his hands on the table as hard as he can, knocking over chemicals that start smoking and bubbling the instant they hit the ground. What the fuck are you gardening with? So he grabs shears to start cutting the gloves off, but predictably cuts himself instead, and pulls over a giant rack of plants onto himself, because why not? He's screaming for his wife, but she's listening to loud music so she can't hear him, and we see the bubbling liquid eating through fucking concrete and maybe a cable? Yep, looks like a cable. Bet that's gonna make the house explode. By the way, he's doing things in such a hilariously terrible fashion, it makes me think of, like... One of those late night infomercials. Has this ever happened to you? And then, you know, all, all of a sudden you can't perform the most basic human task with any sort of efficiency. Like you go to open a can and somehow your head explodes and, you know, demons fly out and eat your baby. Because, yeah. So, so he grabs a hatchet and hacks his own fucking hand off. Oh my god. I'm wondering if this dude was mentally ill. Like, before the slug started eating his hand. Okay. Oh, hey, his wife hears him and sees him cutting his own fucking hand off and is understandably freaked out, runs to help him when the cable catches fire, and the fire runs along the ground magically to a gasoline container conveniently kept next to the table where he stores the industrial fucking acid, which of course means, yep, the greenhouse explodes. I mean, we'll give the slugs those kills, but I'm pretty sure these people would have ended up dead pretty soon anyways. Not because of their age, but because of their gross negligence. <sighs> and Mike gets home after a long day's work to find out about Harold and Jean Morris. How the fuck does, does Kim already know that their house exploded? 
Do they have a fucking phone tree in this town? No, you know what? It's the town crier again. Hear ye, hear ye, all good and gentle persons of the town, old man Harold and old lady Jean have perished in a fiery ball of wrath sent by our lord to consume their flesh for the sin of stupidity. Heed this warning and use caution when storing your chemicals, lest ye too be dead. So she says she heard it on the news, but I still say town crier told the news people, you know, first. But the news has Mike upset because he liked them. Oh, makes me wonder if he didn't like him, if he'd still be upset. Whatever. Super detective Mike Brady notices slime trails in the garden out front and remembers he saw those in Drunkie's house, too. Hmm. Kim says she saw the biggest slug before they got home and sees them and remarks that they're giant. Like, she says... It's the biggest slug I've ever seen. And he goes, oh my god, that's a giant slug. Like, she, she literally just said that. Like, her face is perfect. She looks at him and it's just, like, the face is, I literally just told you they're the biggest damn slugs I ever saw. I'm like, do you even listen to me? Uh, and so, of course, Mike grabs for it, only to have it bite his finger. They definitely manage to seal the slug in a jar. And then Mike is off to see Kim's heretofore unmentioned English friend. Wait, what? Do English people just know about slugs? Do I have any English listeners? If so, tweet at me. Let me know if you just know about random invertebrates. Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. So we see Mike, Mike pulling up to the... Wait a minute, that's not Mike. That's, uh, that's Hubby. It, to Drunk Marine. I don't know his name, though. Did they say his name? I don't think they said his name. Speaking of, whenever she hears the car pull up, she wakes up from her drunk all-day nap like, Oh, shit, I was gonna do stuff! And then starts cutting the lettuce, like, in a hurry... Is she going to get eaten by slugs? No, no, she's not. She's just, she's going to just fucking cut the slugs through the lettuce like they're not even there. Honestly, I did not see that coming, but, you know. Hey, hon, what's for dinner? Oh, nothing, just light dinner, salad, with a side of slug. He was hoping for steak, but she says they've been eating too much red meat lately, which brings up an interesting point. Are slugs red meat? I mean, these these slugs are black, but their, their blood is red. And are they mostly protein? Like, I'm assuming they're protein. What's the nutritional value of a mutant flesh-eating slug? Are they, like, mostly empty calories? Well, how many would even be in a single serving of them? And most importantly, what wine do they pair with? I'm thinking a rose wine. Tweet me your slug recipes. Mike and Kim pull up to the school. Honestly, the vibe of this movie feels like it should be ending soon, but I'm only, like, 30 minutes in. That's how action-packed this movie is. Oh, hey, it's English John. We know he's English because he's got a horrible accent and said the word bugger. So, I figured his accent was super fake, but I had to check. The actor who portrayed English John is Santiago Alvarez, whose IMBD credits include virtually almost no English language films at all. So I'm betting that, that that accent is not his natural one. Whatever. So, what do, they, what do they eat, John? Greens, mostly. That's why gardeners hate them so much. That and their propensity for making gardens explode in glorious fashion. But... Do they eat meat, John? Maybe some worms now and then. Why do you ask? Dramatically holds up his thumb. No, actually, he doesn't dramatically hold up his thumb at all. I, I was expecting him to do that and then be like, because the bastards did this to me. Instead, he's just like, eh, I don't know, no reason. Bye. Like, you apparently have a slug expert next to you, and you're already just done talking about slugs that tried to fucking eat your hand and possibly are related to the corpse of a drunk, you know, drunky McDrinkerson. Like... Okay, Mike, now I know why you're not the sheriff. You're not so hot at this investigating shit, are ya? Alright, back to Moraine, and uh, seriously, I don't think they've ever said his name. I really don't know. But he's having some bad cramps. Please, God, tell me he ate parts of the slugs in the salad. Like, didn't know they were there, and now they're eating his way out of his stomach. No, wait, that's stupid. They were cut up. So instead, he ate their eggs, and the eggs didn't dissolve in his stomach acid, and they're gonna hatch. They're hatching now, and the slugs are eating their way out of him. That's what's happening, yeah. Seriously, I so I've seen this movie once, like maybe a couple of months ago, tops, and I watched hundreds of movies since then, you know, like, so some movies on repeat and, and true crime documentaries, shit about serial killers, so I have a mind to remember movie quotes and a lot of random shit about movies that I should never need to remember for anything, but I don't remember everything about every single one, so this is basically the first time I'm really watching this movie and paying attention to it. But I'm calling it right now. He ingested slug eggs, and they've hatched, and are going to eat their way out of his stomach. Oh, and his name is David. David. Okay, there we go. Oh, they shouldn't have named him. Now we're going to get attached to him, which sucks, because he's going to die from slugs. Eating their way out of his stomach. Probably. 
Maureen apologizes for being a bitch, but they acknowledge it's really just a drinking and maybe she should see a therapist because it's ruining their marriage and holy shit, did they just have a serious conversation about the dangers of alcoholism? Like, yeah, they did. And instantly his stomach is making him sick again. Let that be a lesson to you kids. Personal growth and revelations about how to become a better person will kill those who you love in a horrible, horrible fashion. I mean, it hasn't killed him yet, but it's, 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 gonna, it's going to, right? Starts talking about a bad flavor, and it must be the anchovies from the salad, and who the fuck puts anchovies in a salad? What? Who are these people? Seriously, this town has the best pot. They're just, like, throwing fucking anchovies in a salad because they got the munchies. Whatever. He's gonna be okay, though, because he's... He's, he's gotta be okay, though, because he's clenching a deal for a shopping mall or something tomorrow. I don't know. He's the businessman. Businessman Dave. So remember that muscle car earlier and the nearly shirtless dude? Yeah, me either. I kind of forgot he existed, too. Well, he's sitting in a car drinking and watching old people leave a house. Okay. I'm really hoping they explain this weird behavior because this is just... Oh, okay, the light on the house is turning on and off. It's a signal. All right, for him to come inside and get busy. Yeah, no, that's actually... That's what it was. Uh, him and his lady friend, uh, who make out like waves hitting each other, are going to totally do it. And you know what premarital sex in a horror movie means, don't you? That's right. means they're going to be eaten alive by slugs in a hilarious fashion. But first, Shirtless is going to raid her dad's booze stash, which is so not a good idea. We've already learned slugs love alcohol-laced flesh. Oh god, that explains Marine too. Quick, everyone, stop drinking or the slugs will find you tasty. Or drink more because it'll drown the slugs already living inside you. One or the other. Whatever you do, drink the right amount. And cut to English John doing science stuff. He just slices a slug in half without killing it because that's, that's totally how science works. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to kill things first and then dissect them. But, you know, hey, far be it for me to deny vivisection John his guilty pleasure of torturing, torturing invertebrates to death in guise of furthering science, right? Oh, hey, you remember how they put that one slug in the jar for him? And they they actually, seriously, only showed Mike picking up and putting one slug in the jar. Well, there's actually two slugs that there are, because fuck you, continuity. And slug two is creeping out of the jar, because why would English John put the lid back on? And into a hamster cage. So, if this were a real giant slug... Yes, I'm going there. If this were a real giant slug and a normal-sized hamster, the hamster would still shred the fuck out of the slug. Like, seriously, hamsters are adorable, but they can be vicious little bastards and would murder a slug like nobody's business. But since the name of the movie is Slugs the Movie, I'm betting the hamster's gonna be murdered soon. Yep. It's okay, though. Don't worry, animal lovers. The hamster death scene was obviously fake and not really disturbing at all. Thank God for small miracles. Right, Lana? Archer reference. As English John puts Murder Slug back in the jar, we jump back to Shirtless Bobby humping away to the moans of Don't Stop, interspurred with scenes of bathroom filled with slugs, the toilet literally overflowing with slugs, and just kind of the general grossness of slugs everywhere, except for on the bed with them. They are literally everywhere else, but just not on the bed. Okay, so they finish, and he reaches for a bottle of Jack to recharge his batteries, and she gets pissy and demands to know what he's doing. It's pretty obvious he was getting to drink, like, all right. I'm wondering if the... You know what? Yeah, he's getting a drink. Like he's, he's grabbing a bottle of Jack to do this. I'm starting to wonder if the person who wrote this movie had, I don't know, like an alcoholic in the family, and the whole movie is really about confronting alcoholism, but how that leads to the dissolution of the family. Like, heavy shit, right? I know. But it's okay. Don't worry. Bobby gets mad and goes to storm off, but as he puts his feet down on the ground and screams, you know, because, like, slugs, he, he plops back down on the bed, you know, because slugs burrowing into his feet already. Like, we see them. He's, like, pulling them out of his feet. So, what does she do? She screams and jumps off the bed, falls face first naked into a pile of giant slugs. Cue a couple minutes of her writhing around naked on slugs, being covered in fake blood. This is obviously important for, um, reasons? I don't know. Uh, this, this obviously also must include several close-ups of her bare butt as she wriggles around. Because how else would we know she's being eaten alive by slugs unless we see her bare ass spread open with slugs all over it? Right? Okay. And her eyeball popping out of her head with slugs crawling through her eyes. Okay. Bobby tries to jump to a window but ends up slipping and so is also taken down by the slugs. But do we see him wriggling around with his dick being eaten by slugs? No. And that's sexist. But seriously, the whole scene is absolutely hilarious. It's almost scary and likely would have been the perfect blend of exploitation and horror if not for Bobby's wonderfully funny facial expressions as his girlfriend is eaten alive by slugs in front of his very eyes. Seriously, it would be scary if it weren't for his face 
and his face just makes it funny. So now we see Mike smoking a cigarette and looking out a window pensively to flashback to him being bitten by the slug. Because that's a good sign when your movie has to flashback to less than 10 minutes ago. And fade to black. Is that the end of the movie? No. But come on, how fucking ballsy would that have been, right? No resolution, no explanation, just the town's being invaded by killer slugs, David ate some, Bobby and Donna are dead, Mike's smoking, flashback to a slug bite, the end. Like, I bet that ending would have been infinitely better than what the actually the, the actual ending ends up being. Boy, that sentence was hard to take. You know, normally I'd go back and redo that, but I kind of like how fucked up I did that, so we're keeping it. It's obviously the next morning, and Mike is trying to poison or something like that on the garden slugs, and they're eating it up like it's candy, and it's not working, so Kim suggests salt. Like, come on, who the fuck wouldn't think of salt when you're trying to kill slugs? Mike Brady. That's who. What, no mention of Bobby and Donna's death yet? How can that be? It's been at least ten seconds. Oh my god. You know what this means, right? This is tragic. Horrible, awful, terrible, very bad news. The town crier must be dead. The slugs have eaten him. Alas, poor unnamed and technically non-existent character. We hardly knew you. Idea for merchandise. A t-shirt with the words town crier and the dates 1988 to 1988 on it. Who'd buy that? Did you buy that? I'd buy that. I mean, I wouldn't have to buy it because I'd be the guy. Whatever. Oh, hey, David looks terrible and is acting like he feels terrible too. Wonder if the slugs inside his digestive tract are coming out yet. Probably not. Probably just those anchovies, right? All right. Mike arrives on scene where the cops and ambulance are already there, and oh, it's Donna and Bobby. They're just bloody skeletons now. Sheriff gets pissy because Mike shouldn't be there when he really should be pissy with the deputy who just let Mike walk right in. I mean, like, there was no attempt to stop him. Hey, deputy, sheriff up there? Yep, he sure is, random not-cop dude. Go on up. Whatever. Sheriff, I think we're dealing with mutant killer slugs. I know it sounds crazy. That doesn't sound crazy. It is crazy. What's next? Demented crickets? Rampaging mosquitoes? By the way, the 1957 movie, Beginning of the End, is about mutated grasshoppers destroying entire cities and starring Peter Graves. Yet another awesome Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. So, demented crickets basically already happened, but I can't find a giant killer mosquito movie until 1995 with the movie Mosquito, so, okay, you know, Sheriff kind of called that one. Good job. So I'm assuming now we're at the part in the movie where the crazy scientist tries to warn everybody and nobody believes him. Yep, he heads back to his office where we find Don, aka Mr. Sanitation, had called earlier, so Mike needs to get over there in a hurry because there's crazy shit going down, but Don can't talk about it over the phone. Why? Like, there's literally no good reason not to tell him over the phone. Mike even says, we're not the CIA, but okay, whatever, I'll meet you in a half an hour. If it's, if it's so fucking urgent you can't take a couple minutes to explain it on the phone, why are you waiting a half a fucking hour, Don? Come on, Don. Get your head in the game here, man. You know, I'm sorry. That's not fair. We're all shaken to the core about the town crier time. R.I.P. town crier. <sighs> Don lets Mike know his crew has been finding half-eaten dogs, cats, rats, rabbits, etc. So, you know, okay, I guess he can talk over the phone, but he just doesn't want to. Maybe he just misses his buddy Mike? I don't know. Whatever. Okay, David's still a bit sick, but feeling better, but he can't postpone the meeting because these people are signing their shit today during the lunch, and then they're leaving right after. Wait, hold on. He knows they're already going to buy and, and sign the papers and everything, so then why does he need to be there personally? Like, whatever. Okay, so Don's showing Mike a map of the entire Ashton Sewer area and shows him that they started finding all the animal corpses here, but now they're finding them here, and he literally points to the exact same spot both times. Exact same spot. Unless the scale for that map is miles to every millimeter, they're finding all of the corpses in one spot, but now they're finding all of the corpses in that same spot. Sorcery. So first it was Ron Bell, right? Like the, the, the drunk, drunk guy. Then it was Talbot and the Moss Girl. Wait, that's not Harold Jean, so okay, that's got to be Bobby and Donna. But it hasn't even been a full hour since that happened. It's been maybe 30 minutes, and they're talking about it. So, what does that mean? 
Oh, thank God, that means the town crier's okay. He was just slow earlier. He's okay, everybody, he's okay. Hear ye, hear ye, one and all, Bobby, Talbot, and Donna Moss have been consumed by the same creatures that devoured Ron Bell. Perhaps they partook of the devil's water, and in their sins were eaten by demons. We shan't know, for the sheriff is stupid as fuck. But look away when tempted by the fermented grain, lest you too be consumed by the monsters most foul. Okay, so here we go. Explanation time. The whole area where the corpses were found used to be a toxic waste dump, and that's why they built the water treatment plant there. Wait. Yep, okay. That makes perfect sense. And we see David at his business lunch, who keeps talking about his headache now. Not a stomachache anymore? Alright. Somehow, I guess the slugs moved up to his brain? I don't know. So he excuses himself to die, probably. Seriously, he's going to the bathroom and splashes some water on his face, and, ooh, nosebleed. Slugs gonna pop out of his eyes somehow, maybe? I don't know. Like, I, I could have seen them making their way out of his stomach, but maybe the... They're gonna pop out of his eyes, aren't they? Yeah, they're gonna... Shit, they're gonna pop out of his eyes. Okay, oh, good, the beating business meeting is a success! Yay! They're going ahead with the project, whatever the project happens to be. And they're gonna toast, and blood just pours out of his nose into the toast glass, and he's screaming and literally tearing at his head and ripping flesh off of himself, and a shot of a waitress extra who can't keep herself from laughing. <laughs> Seriously, she's pretending to scream, but you can see she's just laughing. The sad part about that is that there are so many other extras giving either great performances of disgust or just a few who aren't reacting at all. Like, I swear one dude is just sitting there going, they aren't paying me enough to emote. Fuck that. So, and his face literally explodes worms. Wait, they, okay, those definitely weren't slugs, though. Yeah, no, come on, that wasn't a slug death. That was a worm explosion death. We just got cheated, folks. Yeah, close up on wormy death. Not slugs at all. Ugh. Even more terrifying, that toxic waste dump is where they're going to build the new mall, which is what David was closing on. Oh, okay, sorry. It cut back to Don and Mike for a second, and then, uh, oh, Don says uh, maybe the bulldozer they were using for breaking ground on the mall broke through the landfill where the slugs were, and wait a second. They just decided at the lunch a minute ago that they were going to go ahead and build the fucking mall. So why were they already bulldozing shit? The movie just jumped itself here. Okay. Phone rings and Mike's finds out that his wife has been calling and also the sheriff wants him to get over to generic Italian restaurant name as soon as possible. We see a brief scene of a crowd watching them wheel away a corpse and I'm sure one of those people there is the true hero of this tale, the town crier. And he's absolutely about ready to run through the town and let everybody know that David just died. Hear ye, hear ye, David What's-His-Name has perished from worms exploding out of his face. I don't have anything clever here, people. Just seriously, his face literally exploded worms. Get the fuck out of town until this shit blows over. So the sheriff is all, the worms were on the plate so they came from the food. Yeah, not like the guy's face exploded all over the plate or anything. So do I close this place, Mike? I don't know, sheriff. Well, did the worms come from the food? I, I don't know, sheriff. I literally just got here. And the sheriff's like, well, you should know and do your actual fucking job. I mean, he is doing his job. He, he doesn't know. He, he's just basically telling the sheriff to shut the fuck up so he can do his job. All right. Don wants to know what they're dealing with. And Mike says, I don't know, maybe food poisoning. To which Don replies, food poisoning? Mike, I was in there. I saw that guy. His face was eaten away. His eyes were popping out. How the fuck did Don know that? They were putting the corpse already covered, I might add, in an ambulance as Don and Mike pulled up. Don can apparently scry like a fucking wizard now. Okay, so, where do we go now? Back to English John. The worms aren't really worms. They're parasites found in the bloodstreams of, wait for it, wait for it, psych reference, slugs. Did you wait for it, or did you answer before me? Because if you answered before me, bad. Don't do that. John, who has apparently figured out some important shit but didn't think to tell anybody until now, gives some exposition. The slugs are carnivorous, after all, and their slime can paralyze and kill, and also they have blood parasites that are apparently bigger than even normal slugs, and slugs can fertilize themselves too, so as long as there's moisture and darkness, they can just, you know, go to town on each other and- <gasps> The sewer! Random shot of a corpse covered in slugs in a barn and lettuce. Okay. Mike calls his wife, who's called several times, but she won't tell him what's wrong on the phone. She just needs him to come home in a hurry because it's important. What the fuck is with people not giving important information over the phone in this movie? Like, that wasn't a social taboo in the 80s, was it? Like, not that I remember. 
whatever. Okay, Mike rushes home, and Kim shows him there's a slug dripping slowly out of the sink faucet, and there's already several other slugs in the sink. You know, it kind of seems like you could have just told him that on the phone, you know. Hey, Mike, there's slugs coming out of the faucet, and they're all over the sink. Uh, what do you want me to do? And Mike could have just been like, get the fuck out of town. Don't wait ten minutes for me to drive home, because by then, you could have already been eaten by these murderous slugs. So, you know, just leave. But he doesn't do that. So, Mike tells, calls the sheriff's office, tells the deputy to get the sheriff to get his fat ass over to Frank Phillips' office immediately. I don't think we're supposed to know who Frank is. I don't think we met him yet. He tells Kim he has to go now, so she should just stay at home and she'll be fine. Yeah, don't tell your wife to get the fuck out of town before the slugs eat her. They're already in your house, but she'll be fine just hanging there. That'd be stupid to tell her to leave when the slugs are already literally coming out of your pipes. But she'll be fine. Totally fine. Jackass. Alright. So, something to do with the water department. Mike tells him to cut the water supply in a section of town because of mutated slugs. And Frank... Well, Frank doesn't actually say anything, but whoever dubbed in his voice later sounds pretty unsure about all this. And now we reach my favorite insult in the whole movie, and possibly my favorite insult in any bad horror movie ever. Mike says, shut down the water, declare it a public health emergency, I'll take full responsibility. And Frank says, you ain't got the authority to declare happy birthday. I mean, that's just fucking great. I love it. Oh, followed by, who cares whatever else, because that line's fucking brilliant. And also, his mouth doesn't match with whatever he's saying anyway, so it seriously doesn't matter. But you don't, you ain't got the authority to declare happy birthday. Burn, Mike Brady. Burn. So, he muses about how stupid it all sounds, and then we see his toilet in his office. Yes, he has a bathroom in his office, and the toilet's right there. We see the toilet lid in his office shake a bit, implying that the slugs are there too. Dun-dun-dun. To the mayor's office, where he's talking with the people who are gonna move forward with the mall, and, you know, are kind of understandably upset about watching a man's face explode. But before they can sign the paperwork, Mike busts in and starts saying stuff that makes the mayor and the business people nervous. You know, like, potential disaster, mutant slugs, shut down the water system, shit like that. So everyone else in the office isn't talking. Their voices are also dubbed, like... The guy playing Mike was the only person they bothered to put a mic on for the entire scene, and it's painfully obvious, too. It's it's a little off-putting and weird, but funny. So the mayor won't listen, so Mike addresses the business people directly by saying, My name is Mike Brady, and I am the health inspector. And honestly, if that wouldn't have been the perfect moment to launch into a musical number, then I'm the queen of fucking England. And as far as I know, I'm not wearing a crown right now. Seriously, like, my name is Mike Brady, and I'm the health inspector. Like, you could have done something musical with that. I, I'm not going to because I sound terrible if I don't actually sing along with music. He lets them know about the waste dump and mutant slugs, and business douche says, so if I turn on the water, a mutant slug is going to come out and kill me? We can only hope, business douche. We can only hope. So they turn on the water, and nope, nothing. So let's sign the papers, even though you just let a crazy person run into your office and talk about mutant slugs. That that doesn't, you know, bode poorly at all. Papers signed! The mall will be built! Hooray, industry! So back to Frank Phillips' office, where the secretary returns from lunch to rush in, and yeah, I bet, uh, yep, Frank Phillips dead in the bathroom with slugs all over him. Yep. Ah. <sighs> He doesn't have the, the authority to declare happy birthday anymore either. So, lucky English John has figured out how to make slugs explode, but the tricky part is getting them all in the one spot. Right, that's the tricky part. Also, there's no better way to kill giant mutant slugs than to pour something on them that makes them explode. Okay, whatever. Mike has an idea, though, so off to grab Don, who's playing football with his kids, but it's okay, because they got to take off to the Halloween party anyway. Hmm, okay. So, Mike lets Don know about, uh, you know, this shit that can blow up slugs and how they gotta get down to their nest. Sure, bringing a substance into a sewer that explodes when it touches moisture, that's literally the stupidest thing possible, but let's do it because the mayor and sheriff are dickholes. Operation Explode the Sewers underway. Hey honey, I'm gonna go explode the sewers with Mike, be back in a bit. Wait, shit, Don has a wife who loves him. They have two kids together, and he just made plans to have sex with her whenever he gets back. He just signed his own death warrant. God damn it. He might as well have said he was one day away from retirement on top of that. <sighs> Mike goes to find Cam and tell her he's going to explode the sewers and has to search through the whole house, finding a fuck ton of slugs in the basement before he actually gets to Kim. And okay, there, there's Kim now. She's fine. She's, uh, she's okay. She was over at Maureen's. Oh yeah, Maureen's husband's face exploded. Oh. Wait, and she lived. Huh. 
I, I was wrong on that one. I was wrong. Okay, oh, now, now he tells Kim to leave town as the slugs are now literally crawling all over their kitchen. Dude, you should have said this hours ago, dumbass. All right, so, hey, it's the Halloween party. And that one girl that says, obviously, the goat killer got Bobby and Donna. Again, the goat killer. He only kills and eats people. Why is he the goat killer? God. Okay, Don and Mike suit up, and Mike explains they're going to bait the slugs so they can get all in one spot, because there's no way they could possibly miss one slug who lays eggs and fertilizes them itself, right? Last frame of the movie, anyone? Mm-hmm, flash, yep, yep, mm-hmm. So, one girl isn't happy about being at the Halloween party, and one guy tries to make her drink beer, and another guy tries to force pizza down her throat, and that's not cool, dude. Enthusiastic consent for all things. Pizza included. Sure, I don't understand why anyone would ever turn down free pizza, but she is, so let her be. Though she did knock it out of his hand, so now since she wasted pizza, the movie gods will likely kill her. Alright, everyone at the Halloween party is dancing and having a good time, and not a single one is wearing a costume at all. That's a lame fucking Halloween party. I'm sorry, if you're gonna have a Halloween party and you tell people not to dress up, what the fuck's about- the, why would you call it a Halloween party? <sighs> oh well. Anyways... Okay, lame pizza-forcing dude is putting on a mask to go scare the girl and her boyfriend, who is now getting pissy because she won't let him get into her panties. Okay, so at least one of these three kids is going to die because they're focusing on them a whole hell of a lot, and we've only got like 15 minutes left in the movie, which means probably only 5 to 10 minutes left because, you know, credits have to roll, so... Okay, yep, she storms away from rapey asshole, and masked asshole tackles her because he's not just rapey, he's an actual rapist, so let's hope he's the one who dies. So she's running away, and she hides in some sort of a sewer-looking... Yeah, she's she's the one that's gonna die. Yeah, poor kid. First a shitty boyfriend, then a masked sexual assaulter, and uh, yeah, yeah, okay, we hear her being eaten alive by slugs. Well, that's, that's kind of a mixed message movie. One of the other kids at the party goes to find her because he's not a total shit show, which means he's probably gonna die too, but whatever. Don and Mike are trudging through the sewer, and their map is wrong, so they gotta figure out some weird long way around to approach the slugs, and I don't, I don't know, I'm kinda lost. So, they're probably gonna be fine, though. Kid's looking for Pam, that's apparently her name, but her corpse is being dragged away by the slugs. You heard that right. The slugs are dragging her corpse away. Okay. So, Don zaps a shitload of slugs by blowtorching through a live wire. Okay. And there is a literal river of slugs flowing around. I guess somehow those pushed all the slugs the right way towards where they need to be. I'm still confused as to what the bait is because, like, neither of them are even carrying anything. All right. So talking to English John on the radio to let him know where they're going to be. And, okay, so I pegged the accent. Did you ever see Club Dread? It was a broken lizard movie. Like, it was, it was really funny. So the, the guy that played the tennis instructor, his accent, it's like that, but way, way shittier. Okay, so English John is trying to open the manhole cover, but struggling with it when Mike and Don find the breeding ground. Wait a minute, they got diverted a few times, they don't know where they are, the map was wrong, and so they're not even where they wanted to be, and they still found it. So due to pure fucking luck, they stumble across the breeding ground. Good job! Okay, and now Mike does magically have a bag full of bait of some kind, I guess? I don't know. He doesn't dump it into the breeding ground. Uh, well, then what the fuck was the actual plan if they're not going to follow it? And Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, wait, no, hold on, never mind. Mike realizes that not bringing the bait bag ten fucking feet was stupid, so he's going to go grab it, and it's just a bunch of meat. Somehow, dumping a bunch of meat into the breeding ground is... They're going to lure every single slug in like a several mile radius to that spot. How? Why? What? Ah. So now one of the major plot points is John can't fucking open a manhole. Wow. Okay. And the sheriff shows up, I guess just in time to fuck things up even more. I don't know. We don't know. So Don opens a side tunnel gate so they can maybe escape because, you know, they can't get up through the manhole because John can't open it. And water blasts out of it and knocks him into the breeding ground. Kind of seems like maybe he should have known that there was going to be a jet of water behind that, considering he's he's the sanitation expert. But all right, whatever. So they, they couldn't cross that giant breeding pit to leave a couple of seconds ago, but Mike manages to hang over it on a pipe and gets across it to try to help Don up out of there, which he doesn't. Don's eaten by slugs. Like, Don's gone. So... Why did they need to open the side tunnel to kill... Because he's climbing up a ladder now to get out. 
they didn't need to kill Don. The writers just fucking wanted to kill Don for no reason. And oh, the sheriff totally helped open the manhole, making Don's death literally completely pointless. Okay, and the sewers begin exploding all over the damn place because blowing up manhole covers, flying off and everything. One entire house explodes because fuck that house in particular. And a couple cars at Halloween party explode for no reason. Yeah, explosions. And the sheriff's all, I'm sorry about your friend, Mike. And Mike basically tells him to fuck off, which is the correct response here. Mike's all lamenting the loss of his friend. And then Kim shows up and instead of, you know, not being in town like she was supposed to be, She's just there, and Mike's all, oh, hey, it's Kim, hi, I'm all happy now, and happy music is playing, fuck my friend who died, and then we see, of course, a single slug crawling away, unharmed by the explosion, called it, so why did Don have to die, uh, will there be more killer slugs, what the fuck was the point of all that, eh, we don't know, because that's it, that was Slugs the Movie. Hear ye, hear ye, hearken to the sad news that Don, sanitation worker of the gods, has gone to join his fellow brethren in the sky. He died for your sins, Ashton. He perished so that you may live. And from henceforth, all Hallow's Eve shall forever be known as Dawn Day, lest we forget the events and repeat them, for that would be a true tragedy, as these events were fucking stupid and awful. But fun, right? Well, that was Slugs the Movie. I hope you enjoyed listening to me jump down into the sewers alongside Mike and Don. Rest in peace. Remember, without me, you just have bad horror, and that's not nearly as great as bad horror with someone riffing on it, right? So, already working on trying to figure out what movie to watch next week. You've given me some good suggestions in the past couple weeks on movies to riff on, and they're on my list. So, to give you some insight to my process, because I know you're all just lying awake at night, unable to sleep, breaking into a cold sweat, going, HOW IN GOD'S NAME DOES HE DO THIS?! And, you know, while I am a sadist, I'm not quite that evil, so I'll fill you in. I watch a movie, and while watching, just sort of soak up the overall vibe of it. Is it bad? Is it good? Is it meh? Because a movie has to be truly shit for me to want to riff on it. But more importantly, it can't be bad on purpose. That's cheating. Now, Chopping Mall was intentionally bad, but I don't think it was supposed to be quite as bad as it ended up being, which is why I did it. Slugs was definitely supposed to be an homage to the old 50s giant insect movies, which are horrible in their own right, but they took it to new extremes in awfulness, which I respect and appreciate. So, I watched the movie, but not closely. Then I sit on it for a while and watch more movies or whatever in the interim, because I don't want the movie fresh in my head when I sit down to write these scripts, which I write as I watch. Every single thing I said in this riff, I wrote as I watched the movie for the first time. I, I don't want to have the whole movie memorized or remember major plot points when I'm riffing. I want to be in the moment, spontaneous, just, holy shit, this is bad. Because I care about quality. Because I care about you, personally. You. Yes, you. Not all those other listeners. You, specifically. Creepy? God, I hope so. So, since I do this for you, do me a favor. Tweet me, email me, comment, like on Facebook, share, all that good stuff. Get involved with me on social media. Let me know what you're watching, what you're listening to, all that. Try to guess the movie each week. The more you talk to me, the better I can make the show, which means you'll talk to me more, which means I can make the show better, in a never-lending loop until the show becomes so good that we all die from happiness. Yeah, that's the goal. We all die from happiness. You're welcome. So, until next week, take care, everyone.